podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul and tonight I'm joined by Rocco. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Yes, I'm no fake enthusiasm this week. I'm firing on all cylinders. Are you not hungover? Yeah, basically. And I've got James to cover for, so. Well, yeah, because James is hungover or has hay fever or has other commitments. Uh, he can edit which one of those he chooses accordingly. <laughs> It's been a busy week. We've tied up a lot of uh, loose ends in the last seven days before I say we. I didn't do any of it, but the club have tied up a lot of loose ends in the last seven days before getting on the plane to Australia. So let's go back to last Monday because we recorded on the Sunday night before all the fun started. So we've talked about it previously, but it was, I mean, it was agreed and whatnot, but it went through on the Monday and Calvin... Phillips completed his Manchester City move. When it was all official and done and announced and they put the little tea teaser out in the morning and that kind of stuff, did it did it give you any further feelings? Did you get did you feel like you got closure? Did you did it wind you up? Where did you end up feeling with Calvin? Yeah, I think the way that they it happened so slowly probably helped in the end. Um, because it was just not relief, but well, I suppose a bit of relief. You wanted it, you wanted it out of the way, didn't you? So, no, I didn't have any um, any further anger. Yeah, the fee is what it is. Just sort of accepted it now, and uh, yeah, just glad that we were able to move on. And um, I think we called his goodbye letter pretty well. Um, yeah, pretty much hit all the all the sweet spots, apart from that paragraph about Jesse. Um, which yeah, so that's interesting. Let's talk about that because we've we've got different. Well, no, I think we've got the same theory, so we'll just be on the same page. We want to know how sincere people think that is. <laughs> what did you say? I said it. I wondered whether it had been built into the uh, deal that, like, we took a couple of million less if it meant Jesse could write a paragraph in his goodbye speech. Well, it'd explain a bit. And I cynically read between the lines because he said that he's a great manager but an even better man which I reworded to you can't manage but you're a nice bloke <laughs> so we'll I mean we'll see that may be incredibly harsh but and it'd be a very public shot at him so if we if we take it at face value then uh, it was a a nice bit of sentiment to add in so yeah that's Calvin done and dusted it got me thinking about because so many people were upset about it and and still like, well, you, you're not Leeds if you leave. And if I got, if I played for Leeds, I'd never leave. And if all that kind of stuff, which transfer looking back hurt you the most at the time. If you don't um, know, I'll give you a minute to think about it. If you want, I'll tell you mine. I know mine, but you can go first while you're on a roll. Jonathan Woodgate. Mm. Because I didn't see it coming. It was, it felt to me like a, it wouldn't happen or it was a bolt out of the blue. And he went to someone who I considered to be on a similar trajectory or rivalry at the time. And I loved Woody and he was a really important part of our team. And it felt like we were really disadvantaging ourselves at the time. And I was a much younger self at the time and it, it really hurt. And then the next one, and that was, you know, like the quick thing that you said, that's why that one hurt. But then the one that did drag out a bit, but, 
still hurt was the Fabian Delph one because it just I think that at that point was just a reminder of how low we were and how we how far away from competing where we wanted to be yeah that's um, for me you should say that because in my new book League One Leeds which is out four weeks today um I actually do say that uh, you know when they sold Delph that was it was a reminder of just how far the the club had sunk and, and it was the fact that we lose you know, losing our best players to teams in higher divisions was the worst thing about dropping down into League One. It, yeah, it was painful. Like Delft waving his goodbye after the Millwall semi-final defeat. Yeah, that was it was almost as bad as the defeat itself. Uh, but for me, it's definitely Smith because um, that, you know, going to Man U at the time, I just, I was absolutely fuming. Thank God there was no Twitter around in those days. I'd lost every last follower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure lots of your followers would have agreed with the sentiment that you would have had. Yeah, that's true. Scum bastard. <laughs> Edit. Did you did you see no, it's fine. Go with it. Did you see the picture of him and Milner last week playing golf? Yes, somewhere? I did. He looked he looked quite good, did Smithy actually. He's aged well. He is older than James Milner though, isn't he? Fair bit. Yeah, um, probably three or four years older. But he's pl- finished playing maybe 10 years ago, though. James, that just goes to show how much of a engine uh, James Milner still has. That's an interesting uh, conversation that's come up in the last week or so. Again, we're always in this conversation of should Leeds go back? Should we go back in for former players? And I imagine if you dig around at most clubs, there's that kind of conversation. And there are plenty of players who, when when people have looked at it, they have gone and come back. Probably quite famously, Danny Pugh. I mean, David Batty. So, um, where do you stand on it? Is there anyone that you fancy? People have a big discussion over Charlie Taylor. I mean, Charlie Taylor was was brilliant at Leeds, and um, obviously, he's you know he's forged a career in the Premier League. So maybe he would be all right, but. I do think he he's burnt bridges with the way that he left for sure. Um, and then apart from that, um, you know the way he was defending on that last uh, last game against Newcastle, where he just let Wilson just run past him. That wasn't very impressive. Um, he's Leeds, and he knows he is. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe he knew he owed as well. <laughs> to be honest, like if we signed Charlie Taylor, I I think I'd be all right with it. Um, but I don't want him. I want us to sign someone better, please. Or any left back, to be fair. Maybe if we maybe we just have to take Taylor just to make sure we have one. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm going through chronologically and we haven't even caught past half past nine on Monday morning yet. So uh, <laughs> we've, we've got a fair way to go. One door closes, another door opens. And we announced our first signing of the week as Darko Gabby completed his transfer to Leeds United so have you seen any more about him are you excited about that uh, signing as a prospect where do you stand on that front yeah I, I, like I've, I've read about him and stuff and you know it's all the usual stuff as everyone's probably read about his great attitude and all that which I think you have to have at that age you know otherwise you wouldn't have a prayer of getting getting 
into any decent level. So yeah, take all that with a pinch of salt. Five million, you know, they've got another midfielder that went for ten million to Southampton. So you could look at it two ways. You know, five million is either cheap or you know this guy's half as good as another guy that couldn't get anywhere near Man City's team. Who knows? Honestly, like I'm, it's impossible to get excited about a, such an unknown quantity. You know, you look at Jack Clark. He was an absolute. You know, he was ripping it up when he first came into the Leeds team. That was not even the under you know 23s it was actually playing for Leeds in the championship and doing amazing and and then a couple of years down the line he's you know back in league one and and you know he's got no you know his career's just completely stalled so yeah a guy that's not even made his, pre- his professional debut yet impossible to comment on in it but I wish him the very best well someone who has made his professional debut but we uh, saw depart on Monday uh, was Charlie Creswell, who's gone to Millwall. Someone from a Millwall podcast got in touch and asked if we'd do an interview and put together some some words. And asked, it got it was a good opportunity to reflect on it because um, he was like, you probably won't want to speak to us because of the rivalry. And uh, I mean, I think he's, uh, he has a fair point, really, Donny. But um, it's interesting in what sense you see rivalries as well. But if you take that out of it, is a season-long loan to a championship team aiming at the top end of the table a good move for Charlie Creswell yeah yeah without a doubt um I'd have liked him to have got more of a chance at Leeds if you know if he was the fourth centre-back or you know the reserve right centre-back um but even that might not might not have been as good for him I think for his career yeah going to the championship and, and playing week in week out which I'm sure you know he won't be assured of playing, of course, but, you know, I think he's gone there knowing that the intention is for him to be playing every week if he's good enough and can prove himself. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity for him. Um, I hope he goes and smashes it. I think we, we did talk about it last week, but it wasn't, uh, well, like the Calvin deal, it wasn't a, a done deal. And we we talked about Tyler Adams as well, and Tyler Adams has joined. Have you had an opportunity to look at any more Tyler Adams uh, footage did you watch the Red Bull journey video uh, no I didn't watch the the journey video again uh, again I, I'm going to come across such a dour cynical person but um, I've just got to see him first I, you know I, I can't get excited um, over a player who's you know he lost his place in the Leipzig side and you know six months later he's you know he's been sold to us Um you know, he might be fantastic. I hope he is. Um, and again, like the, the fact that Jesse loves him so much. The, the, the thing that maybe worries me the most is that like Jesse's loved him since he was like 15, 16. So I'm just worried that, you know, this is a player that like Jesse wants to see succeed. You know, he, it's sort of a, you know, it's like quite personal for Marsh. You know, he's seeing this young kid and thinks the world of him. And so he wants him to to realise that potential. But I'm sure there's obviously more to it than that. I'm sure he's capable of, of doing a good job in midfield. So, yeah, fingers crossed. He's, he's the one that we wanted. So um, we can't be disappointed. So do you think that's the reality of the market we're in, though? So if you look at the two Leipzigs, we can go in and sign the Salzburg best players because of where we're at. But we're going to be signing the... Leipzig ones that are out of favour or the Bayern Munich players that are out of favour because if we want players from a top team we're not going to sign players that are starting for a top team it's just not the reality of our stature at the moment we've got half a bunch of best players from a slightly lesser stature division 
and half a bunch of players that are potentially good players but have fallen out of favour at higher ranked sides, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And it's yeah, probably not not a bad approach when you when you put it like that and you know, you're getting a blend of you know players that have sort of been there. And then you add in the youth ones, the 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 youth ones with potential. So that's it. We're not gonna sign top players from top clubs. We're either gonna take a punt on these youth ones or or those other two things. That's that's the market that we're operating in. Yeah. Or well not all and then they were looking for similar deals to the kind of Rafinha ones, which we'll talk about shortly, but we can't talk about uh Jesse's Tyler without talking about Marcelo's Tyler, who has um sadly departed with uh with a loan with option to buy to uh to the <laughs> to the R's. Terrible nickname, isn't it? The R's. Couldn't they have thought gone, of something better than that? Down it's gone down the R's. Like I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, everyone's talked about Tyler Roberts. I don't think it's right that anyone gets on his criticizes. No. Uh, he's been here. He's had his opportunities, and this is where he sees his shot to long term future. And especially, I think he's had he's had some important moments for us. They just haven't been often enough. Yeah, is, is the reality. But as I think Mooney pointed out, and I know that this isn't why you sign footballers, but in in Calvin and Tyler who are our two big departures at the moment. Um, they were massive parts of our community uh, outreach programs and did an awful lot. So there are going to have to be players who uh, fill those uh, voids. So, yeah, yeah, we shall see. Like The thing I'd say about Roberts as well is I think he's unlucky that he's come into a team, you know, Bielsa's team. Like He's been around during Bielsa's time where you know he's surrounded by, you know, 18 other players who, you know, give their whole lives to Leeds United and, you know, make all these sacrifices and run around for 90 minutes nonstop and they're so committed. You know, he he is massively committed and if he'd have played for Leeds at any other point in the previous decade and a half or longer, he would have been at least appreciated for his effort. But that just goes, you know, by the wayside because everyone else in the team... Uh, was doing that as well. But no, I mean, Robert's like, he's never ever, he's not lazy. You know, he's never shirts responsibility. He plays with a smile on his face. He's, you know, great attitude, a great professional, you know, and I can understand why Bielsa kept picking him, especially if he shows in training that he's got ability to to mix it with the players in the squad. And, you know, in training, he's obviously doing well. Yeah, and it never happened for him on the pitch. And, and yeah, hopefully it's a good move for everybody. And His, his game against West Brom, which may have just been the uh, classic ex-employers kind of... Yeah, he's brilliant, fixture. wasn't he? We signed him injured... And I think that is ultimately the only way that we were able to sign him because he was a prospect at West Brom who at that point in time were in a stronger position than us. They were Premier League or coming out of the Premier League or whatever it was, but they were where we kind of wanted to be, the next step for us. So it was a gamble signing someone who was clearly a prospect but had a list of, of injuries. So, yeah, I mean, just... Good luck to him. I hope he stays fit, gets the season, gets the goals, and uh, wish him absolutely all the best. So then we're on to we're on to Thursday now. God, it's been a long week, hasn't it? I can't believe it. Yeah, well, Thursday was another big day because we had we had two two big things. We had a signing and an actual game of football, which you attended. So 
I'm going to ask you about Lewis Sinistera, and you're going to tell me that more than... Well, I've watched the video, and the jury's out, really. Tell me more than that about this player. Are you excited? Uh, I am excited, yeah. Um, like, again, I am scarred. Like, I see a skillful player from the Dutch league, and I just think Jordan Bataka. But he's got the goals to back it up, and he was, what, the... Did he finish second in player of the tournament of the of the conference league or something? And runners up in that competition. He's obviously had a brilliant season. Um, he's had a really good time at Feyenoord. He's had a big injury and come back from that, come back stronger by by the sounds of it. So yeah, I mean, I must say I was disappointed. We sort of we were apparently interested in uh, the Gakpo. Is he was he Gap Gakpo? Is that his yeah. name? Because yeah, he he looks he looks a real deal. He looks fantastic, and Sinister is probably a bit more of a a raw gamble. But uh, no, I'm I'm yeah, very happy. I'm looking forward to seeing him strutting his stuff. So then there was a game of football, and you went to it. So talk us through what what, what was it like? Was it good to be back? Good atmosphere? Who who? St- I will ask you who stood out, but I think we all know because we've accidentally basically <laughs> sold him to Man City, haven't we? So uh, it was good. Sinister? It was lovely, yeah. It was uh, a scorching hot day. Strange going to York for it and not to the old ground that the bulldozed in memory of Bielsa. Going to the new stadium at Monk's Cross, which, yeah, it's a bit, you know, Lego-y, as you could imagine. Kickoff was delayed because you couldn't get in. That would never have happened at Kit Kat Crescent. But anyway, when the game started, Leeds just completely pissed it, for want of a better word. Um, <laughs> but it was so strange because... Like I, Blackpool are a championship side, which I mean, we could have been playing them in the league next season. It's just unbelievable, and and it was like there was no opposition there. It was just so easy for Leeds. The fact that it was at York made it, yeah, you know, it gave it even more of a sort of just felt like a, like a you know a friendly for the reserves, but it but it wasn't. You know, it was a, we were playing a decent opposition really uh, for a first friendly. Um, but we just absolutely mullered them. It was it was too easy. Like I, 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 I'm struggling to praise anybody just because the opposition was so weak. But you could look at it the other way. But yeah, just just a clinical, very straightforward, professional display. And and you can't say that. Well, you can't not be impressed that we did that to Blackpool. Like as as bad as they seemed. You know, well we've seen under Bielsa we couldn't win in a, in a we couldn't win a friendly, could we? One four nil with our kids second half. So did you see any more of what you think a Jesse system will will look like? Yeah, it it was a weird one because um like there was yeah there was no one on the right wing whatsoever. Harrison was sort of on the left. I, I couldn't work out who was supposed to be on the right. There was Rodrigo and who else was playing? Archie Gray, Greenwood oh, was up front. Greenwood, that's right. Yeah, so like out of Greenwood and Rodrigo, I've no idea who was supposed to be on the right-hand side, but it didn't really matter. You know, the fullbacks were pushing on and, and the system worked completely fine. Yeah, as I said before, I don't mind 4-2-3-1. Four, four, um, I think that's going to be the way he goes. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty pleased with that. So that one's kind of in the bag. It's funny because uh, when, you, when you're playing pre-season and you win 4-0, people go... Oh, this is meant we're winning in pre-season. And when you lose in pre-season, you go, no, eh, it's only pre-season. It's about the fitness. <laughs> so that's just the narrative of pre-season, isn't yeah. it? So I guess after that, it's weird because Firpo was he scored, he got assists, seemingly had a good game, talked the talk, and then uh, had an article about like his interview was, which was after the game, I 
need to stay fit and play games. This is what he said. And then I think I found out that he said that after I found out that he's out injured for a lengthy period of time. So he did not need that. I think really didn't. He didn't need it, but I think it might be a a blessing, maybe not even in disguise for us, Um, not because he can't play, but it might well force our hand either into signing somebody or, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, you know, find out more about whether we do have the cover at left back, whether Davis is going to be good enough or uh, Stroik or, or Hjelda are going to play out there. At least it sort of forces our hand. Like we can't, we can't shy away from it now. He's not even gone to Australia. The, the interesting bit about the Australia conversation is the notable things I would say are, in the defenders list, well, in the goalkeepers list, we clearly still need a, an experienced backup goalkeeper, undoubtable. Mm-hmm. In the in the defenders list, we've taken Davis and Drama, and that I think they're playing for their futures, aren't they? Really, because ultimately, Luke Ayling's said to be ahead of schedule, and whether Drama stays and gets a chance at Leeds this season, and whether Davis does, it's going to be how it's going to come down a bit to the pre-season. There was talk about click leaving, but he's on the plane. So all these players who may still not be there, I think the midfield area is pretty shored up now. The fact Bamford's got on the plane is a positive. It's weird because no one has mentioned anything about a Patrick Bamford transfer this summer. And I think therefore in that sense, his, his injury has actually protected us from that. Because this time last year, he was off the back of a great first season in the Premier League. And if he backs that up, he'd have been angling for a, for a departure, wouldn't he? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's true. And then I guess that leads us to the final point of which is that we left Rafinha at home to sort out his future. And we're X amount of weeks into this saga. The reports are that they Barcelona have got to where our valuation are and at least given us a chunk up front that means that we're not going to be completely mugged off if they go completely bankrupt so do you, do you see that getting done yeah i think i think it's it's just about there now and i mean i've not been um I, i've been rooting for barcelona through this i know a lot of people rightly so are annoyed at how they've uh, behaved and starting to get annoyed at Rafinha as well, but thankfully Deco's got most of the stick for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> as much as I went crazy about uh, Phillips's fee, I'd rather take a bit less for Rafinha and, and not see him go to Chelsea because um, yeah. I really wouldn't have liked that. Um, so I'm yeah delighted if it's going to get sorted and, and we're going to get the money that we wanted. Um, you know, I must. I, I was a bit worried when we signed Sinistera that. You know, we were just further weakening our hand and we'd end up, you know, getting a cut price fee for Rafinha, just wanting him wanting him out of there and, and wanting it over. But yeah, it sounds like we've done all right in the end. 65 million, if, if that is the figure, it's probably all right. I'd, I'd, I'd like, I'd, you know, Grealish isn't a hundred million pound player. So that's the one that I always go to and think, well, you know, if he's worth that, then. But I think the market is a little bit deflated and I think it's a decent price. I was talking to a, Guy to say he was a Liverpool fan, and uh, he was saying, "No, oh, sixty-five million. That's because he, he said he didn't know how we could turn down thirty million from Arsenal." I was like, "What? Well, like, how's it worth sixty-five million? Like, if you had Brazil starting uh, forward, would you not expect more than that amount of money for him?" And they were like, "Well, it's a very weak Brazil side." I'm like, "Oh my god, come on!" <laughs> so yeah, well, hopefully that saga will be done. So I, I guess we've 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 caught up. That's where we're up to. 
doing a game with just the two of us probably like the game I'd prepared definitely is needs two players. I'm gonna bring play your players back play your players right back next week. So nice. you can uh, in, look forward to that. What are your hopes and dreams for the week ahead for Leeds United? Sell Rafinha. Never thought I'd say that, but uh, yeah, let's get him out of the door, get him to Barcelona. And then, yeah, crack on with signing a striker, I suppose. Belotti sounds like he's going to Roma. And funnily enough, actually, um, he's angry. he's a massive AC Milan fan. And so he's still not signed for anyone, which is unheard of for a player like him. But he's holding out for Milan. But of course, Milan are after uh, De Ketelaar. Um, so... That does link that sort of links it all together a little bit. So maybe we might yeah. get one or the other, but probably not. It'll, it sounds like he's going to stay in Italy. Uh, so we'll have to go on to target number three, that French guy from uh, PSG. <laughs> well, hopefully, I think everyone will look back and say the last week starting with selling Calvin wasn't going to be the best week of the world, but actually it's turned out to be a decent week in our transfer window, and uh, hopefully. Bit more game time, no injuries, and some decent signings will mean that um, it's another A plus week for Leeds United. Sounds good. I, I must say, like I'm, I am impressed with how they've um, how they've conducted themselves this summer. I think they've, you know, they've shown a lot of intent. We need to see what we're going to do with the Rafinha money, of course, and the net spend isn't going to be massive. But I think they've, I think they've, you know, done a, a very commendable job. I don't think anyone can be too upset with with what we've what we've done this summer, especially at this stage, even if we are nearly done. But to say that we've got it yeah. done so early is impressive. So I well think, done, lads. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, we've been quite unleashed United-like in this summer. Other than the low fees, we've uh, managed to get our business done. So great. Well, I shall look forward to speaking to you next week. Not that I won't speak to you in the meantime, but I mean, you know, everyone. I'll speak to everyone. James's sister and your dad. I'll speak to them next week. All right, take care. Podcast Network.